0: To the Efficient Practice Dental Water Cooler Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Evelyn Samuel, and I am super, super excited about today's show. Uh, thank you for joining. I see some people have signed on. This is a live podcast, it is a live interactive uh, session. So if you're on, feel free to join in in the conversation because we want to make it so that we can all uh, help each other to benefit from our pearls of wisdom Uh, a lot of times we we often have things that are going on uh, and other people are dealing with similar things so feel free to chime in at uh, any point during the conversation you will simply raise your hand through the chat at the bottom and you will be recognized and you can uh, add your input to the show so today uh, we're going to be talking about the art of delegation. But before I get into all of that, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, what we've talked about in our previous episodes. So this is episode number six. Can you believe it? Six sessions already. So we're in episode number six of the Efficient Practice Dental Water Cooler Uh, and the first one we started off with setting the vision which was episode number one what I would recommend is if you haven't watched any of the previous episodes there's some really valuable information in all of those I would recommend going back and just listening to all of the podcasts Uh, a lot of us listen to podcasts when we're driving into work or when we're exercising or when we're doing other things. So take a listen to some of the uh, previous episodes. Like I said, we started off with setting the vision and it was all about vision. I don't want to ruin it for you, but if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. One of my favorite quotes. And we really laid out the roadmap, so to speak, of how to set your vision, how to develop the practice of your dreams, how to develop the business of your dreams, all by sitting down and really coming up with your vision. So the doctor has the vision and then they bring the team aboard. They come together and they do their purpose. Who is, who are we? What do we do and who do we do it for? So that was episode one in a short recap. We moved on to episode two, which was practicing dentistry. Well, you may say, Dr. Samuel, what do you mean practicing dentistry? The episode practicing dentistry was really about all the other things that we do when we are a dentist or in our professions or running practices. So the fun part is is practicing dentistry, but there's usually so many different administrative things that we do that kind of take us away from from what we do. So practicing dentistry, we went over a lot of different systems, things that could just make us run our practices better. Episode three was running the business. So the episode two was uh, practicing dentistry. Then we moved on to running the business. So you may not like running the business, but it's very good to know how and to be good at it if you are a practice owner or any kind of business owner, a lot of the things that we do are more, um, more uh, towards the business side, even more so than the craft that we do or the profession that we do. So that episode was all about things that you could put into your practice and help you have a more calm environment and run your business properly. Then we moved on to episode four, where I had Dr. Darwin Hayes, who was a guest on the show, and we talked all about a cluttered desk. So a cluttered desk, that seems kind of silly, but the episode was more about the the things behind a cluttered desk. So it's not a cluttered desk, but there's usually something clogging up your practice that leads you to having things all over your desk. It may be a break in systems. It may be a break in your team, uh, your team uh, cohesively working together. So we really, we, we dove deep into that topic. It was a really good episode, uh, lots of pearls of wisdom. And I was able to pick Dr. Hayes's brain and, and he shared a lot of information with us. Our last episode was disorder. It was not really disorder, but it was really how to prevent it, and how to establish a state of calm in your business. And dental practice is just that. It is a business. Uh, while we are there to help patients and deliver beautiful smiles, uh, get patients out of pain and take care of them and restore them to health, we are, in fact, running businesses. So that was episode number five. And like I said, if you haven't watched those episodes, just go back and take a listen. I'd really like to um, thank all of the people who may have given us feedback thus far on the podcast. We really appreciate that. That's how we're able to implement more information and content that can help you with your practice and help you with your life. So. I am Dr. Evelyn Samuel, as I briefly mentioned before, and I am passionate about all things efficiency. Uh, I have been practicing dentistry almost, well, almost 20 years now, June 8, 20 years. Oh my goodness, time flies when you're having fun. And the thing I I learned about dentistry, I've, I've wanted to be a dentist since I was, five years old. If you listen to the show, you probably know my story. Planned my entire life uh, to do so. And after becoming a dentist and going through dental school uh, and just racking up a huge amount of debt, I quickly realized that we weren't taught how to run businesses when we were in dental school. We were taught how to be doctors. We were taught how to be scientists but we weren't taught how to run the business. And so I had several different um, experiences working as an independent contractor, working in lots of practices, working all the time, where I figured out lessons. You always learn two things in everything you do. You learn what to do, what not to do. And over the years, those things helped me to cultivate how I would run my future practice. So I learned a lot of business, tools by working with other dentists. I hire business coaches. And so I'm really passionate about helping other dentists find an easier way. I I really want to help dentists to enjoy what we we went into dentistry to do, and that's to help patients and create uh, beautiful smiles. So helping them with the efficiencies, helping them with business so that they can enjoy increased productivity, Uh, increased profitability and a better quality of life is what I am very passionate about. I want to reignite your passion for dentistry, help you all become the leaders that you were meant to be and help you establish practices that people come in and they receive quality services and they pay you for those services. So while we may wanna help everyone, we still have to get paid for our services because we are small businesses. So we want to do our deed to help our communities, but we also have to know how to run our practices and get paid for those services. And as we move into this episode, I'd really like to take a moment to thank Equal Marketing. They are sponsoring this episode and this podcast, the Efficient Practice Podcast. So I'd like to thank Equa. They are the uh, leaders in the digital marketing space for dentists. They do other marketing as well, but we are dentists, so we'll, we'll focus on that aspect of what they do. They do a lot of different things. So I really thank them for giving me this platform so that I can come to you and hopefully help you to run your practices better. So that's Aqua Marketing. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about some of the things they do at the end of the show. Some really exciting things that they do. So today's topic is the art of delegation. So I, I wanted to talk about this because I, I think about when I first started in my first private practice, and I remember initially when sometimes when you start a practice well, a lot of times when you start a practice, you may not have a big team, so you may be doing a lot of things yourself. So you learn how to do everything, like you're, you're doing, you're working on your insurance, you're, you're helping great patients, and you're kind of doing a lot of things um, that you would ordinarily have a team to do, because sometimes when you're starting out, you may not have the revenue to, to um, hire a big team and so you're doing a lot of things and then as you get more team members on uh, you should be properly training your team a lot of the um, episodes that we we talked about some of the ways to to train your team and implement systems but i can think back to a time where i remember uh, where people would come to me um, and ask me several questions so people on my team i say hey doc um, how do i handle this issue with the computer, or have a patient on the phone that has a question about their bill, or I have somebody at the front desk and they're late for their appointment, or uh, something's not running again, or the sterilizer is not working. And so you, you have these days sometimes where people are coming to you for every, every little thing. So you're stopping what you're doing and you're processing everything that everybody else is doing. and So that can add a lot of frustration. And sometimes you think, oh my goodness, if I'm thinking through all of this, why do I have a team? And so sometimes what we start to do as the perfectionists that we oftentimes are, is we start to do those things and, and don't necessarily allow other people to do it. We sometimes feel like we're the only person that can do it with the level of skill that we have. And sometimes we're just not comfortable asking our team members to do things for us. So we feel like we have to do it all. So while we should know how to do everything in our practice, you should know how one person should not should not repeat, should not be doing it all. So you have to learn the fine art of delegation. And that can be very hard for we uh, dentists. We type A personality people most of the time. So how do you delegate? What is delegation? Well, delegation is transference. You're transferring a task to someone else. Uh, It is entrusting someone else to do it and allowing them to do so. And so ways to uh, delegate. And like I said, feel free to chime in at any time if you're on here. So one of my in all be alls to solve most things Is doing a task analysis. And you may have heard me talk about this on other episodes. This is like the best thing ever. A task analysis is when you write down every single thing that you're doing. And you may be doing little bitty things like opening the mail or checking behind people or just doing all kinds of things that other people could be doing. So you take some time and you write everything that you're doing. And then you write down who could be taught to do that particular task. Who else could do it? Who else is qualified? And if they're not, who could be taught to do those things? This will free up an enormous amount of your time. This is the beginning of delegation. So you're looking at the list. You write all the things. It takes not very long, but you sit and you write all those things down. And you will realize that you're doing a lot of Little things that you as the doctor or we as the doctor should not be doing. Um, we should be concentrating on keeping our hands in patients' mouths because that, uh, that is the one thing that we can do in terms of what other people in the office can't do. And I say that, but our hygienists can do a lot of things as well. But there are certain procedures that only the doctor can do, and that's what the doctor needs to be doing. So a task analysis, writing down every single thing that you do, writing down other people that could be taught to do it or other people that can do it. An example, opening your mail. So there are times where you could be opening lots of junk mail and things of that sort. Your front desk person can always go through the mail. If there's anything that designates that it's private or it's labeled, on the front of the mail, they can give that to you. But otherwise, they should be going through those mails and sorting that and opening uh, anything that's pertinent to the practice for you. So the next thing I say is just to have resourceful people around you. So you hire team members who are smarter than you. So what do I mean by that? You wanna surround yourself with a team that is just that smart. So you can allow them to do what they do very well and in most cases, better than you. Um, Believe it or not, um, there are other team members that you can have that can do the things that, can do things better than we as the doctors if we allow them to do so. So have resourceful people and have them to be smarter in different areas, whether it's in your social media or other things for your practice. Then you want to assign and allow your team members to do the task. So what does that mean? If you assign it, allow them to do it. Give them freedom to be creative and actually put together the task or the items that are at hand. Allow them to do it and trust that they will do it. You trust. um, And you can have um, open dialect where you're making sure that the task is done, but just trust them to do what you have uh, assigned them to do. Next, you wanna make sure that you're giving clear and detailed instructions. So sometimes if you um, give your team members things to do and you don't give clear instructions and the thing or the item is not done to your liking, it's really hard to hold someone accountable if they didn't have a checklist or a roadmap of what you were expecting. So they really need to know exactly what you expect so that they can uh, reach those expectations. So you want to give clear and detailed instructions on the things that you are assigning. So you want to make sure that when you're assigning tasks and you are delegating, that you have open communication with your team members. Uh, Open communication means that you are available for questions and there's no such thing as a bad question. Well, a bad question is the one that's not asked. So you want to be available for their questions. And you always want to catch your team members doing something good. Make that a habit just in general. So instead of um, always coming to your team to talk about things that need to be improved or adding more things to their plate or going over things that could be done a different way, sometimes it's just good to catch people doing something good. Uh, That positive reinforcement uh, is always really good, and you want to offer praise for a job well done when the job is done very well. So you're prioritizing the things that you're giving to your team members. Um, You are doing all of these things. You're You're having resourceful people. You're allowing them to do the task at hand. You're giving them clear instructions you're having open communication, you're catching them doing things uh, right. And then you are um, praising them when they do things uh, right as well. So um, when you're doing these things too, I would say just always uh, never be afraid to teach new skills. Um, Some of the things that you delegate will be to people who are qualified to do it. Um, But if you have team members that are newer to your team and are not quite qualified yet, don't be afraid to teach. It may take a little time on the on the front end, but once you've delegated and and you're now doing the things that the doctor does, after you've taken that time to teach them, it frees you up in the long run. So you trust them uh, also, but you verify that the tasks are being done as well. So make sure you're using the feedback to improve your delegation moving forward, so with all of that being said, I think the biggest thing that you can do when you 're delegating is to let go just let it go let it go and let someone else um, handle it because believe it or not, um, other people can handle things uh, as well, and um, you know there's this thing sometimes if you're a person with that that's per- a perfectionist. That things have to be correct all the time, but sometimes things being done good enough is is good enough. So just let go and let others take those tasks. So that kind of wraps up um, uh, the art of delegation in a a nutshell, I think. I think it's straight into the point. Uh, Basically assign all things to other people that other people can do because you as the doctor, You need to be handling those things that only you can do, and that's doing the procedures that may be more productive to your practice. Like I always say, you should know everything about your practice, but you shouldn't have to do it all. You should surround yourself with a team who is resourceful, your team that is smart in their areas, smarter than you, and allow them to do these things. So, um, once again, uh, if you are on the session or if you are listening later, which I know a lot of our listeners do, please feel free to give us feedback on, um, the, uh, the podcast on the, uh, dental water cooler. This of course will allow us to continue to bring in content. Well, I had a question, but yes. I kind of answered it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Ask it anyway. I didn't see your hand up. Okay. Um. How do you pick the right person for the right job? Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful question. And that is a podcast in its own. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you pick the right person for the right job? Um, I think we may have touched upon this maybe someone or or maybe it was after an after session someone asked a similar question how do you pick the right person for the right job um, well there's there's an extensive process in terms of hiring uh, and you're hiring just it, it's a it's a whole process in itself but you you want to start uh, initially uh, and i'll just kind of summarize the whole hiring process uh, in terms of when you're looking for the right team members and putting them in the right positions. I think we, we may have said one time before, if you have someone who's afraid of collecting money, then they shouldn't be at the front desk collecting money because that's that, that's, that affects your practice, uh, productivity and profitability wise. Um, but you start off really just trying to target the right person in your ads. So it starts from when you first put an ad out to hire a person. You wanna use words that are um, uh, capturing Uh, the type of person that you want if you want a person up front and you want someone who is uh, very good at speaking with people you want to use terms that will attract that kind of person so you're actually targeting them in your marketing once you do that um, uh, also if you're, you're hiring people who may be in let's say a financial position you want to make sure that you're putting detailed instructions uh, in your ads when you 're hiring, so you want to make sure these people are following the instructions, so that tells you their level of detail um, if you say we 'll use a black pen, bring a black pen to your interview, uh, make sure to include a cover letter, make sure to uh, email us only do not fax anything to the office, do not call and the per the people are not following those instructions that can also show you how um, basically how how the person how much Uh, attention to detail the candidate has. Then uh, I would suggest doing personality assessments. So those can tell a lot about your candidates, uh, the personality assessments, and those are for people that you're interested in hiring after they go through the interview process. You can include your team. Uh, A lot of time the team will have insight on the people that are coming for the interviews. So you can do an interview with the doctor or the office manager and an interview with the team. And so you're, you're doing all these different steps so that you can make sure that you are hiring the right person for the office, someone who's going to be a team player and function well with the rest of the team. And also you can kind of see how they're going to fit into different places in the office. Because, you know, some people just are not talkative, so they, they may not be the person that you want answering the phone, but they might be very detailed with the numbers, or or vice versa. So that's a very good question. But just really doing a step by step checklist, which I love checklists, of going through your hiring process. You know, and and that the, this is not on the topic, but I did have another question to come in. Uh, it was after the last podcast, um, and the person basically asked. Because everything is a system, and systems are my thing, I think that they are the basis for running any kind of business properly. Uh, It's just having systems in place for every single thing in the practice, whether it's answering your phone, whether it's how you hire your team members, whether it's how you greet your patients, whether it's how you uh, you, uh, your flow of your patients through the office, whether it's how you sterilize instruments, there is a, literally a system for everything. And that's how you get the whole team on the same page. That's how you get a cohesive environment. And that's how you get a system of in your office. But I had a question that says, okay, well doc, you implement a lot of systems and that's good for you know maybe a new practice to start off on the good foot from the very beginning. But what do you do if you have a team member that's been with a doctor for a really long time and a doctor comes in and they're all charged up and they're like, okay, I'm gonna start with these systems. Uh, the question was, how do you how do you get someone who's been in the office or in an office a long time to um, participate or be on board with new systems? So I thought that was an excellent question. Uh, and that's something that I've heard how different offices deal with. Um, so, you know, basically, when you're starting systems and, and the doctor comes in and they want to change things up, you have to have a team that's on board. You cannot do it by yourselves, or we cannot do it by ourselves, uh, which is evident from even going to continue an education. It's always important for the doctor to take the team because it does no good if the doctor comes back and they're all charged up, but the team doesn't really have a clue about the New procedures or how to present the new procedures. So it's pretty much the same thing with the systems. So the doctor comes in and they said, look, I want to change your practice. I want things to flow better. I want my team to get along better. I want my patients to have a better experience. But, but what if they have someone that's been there a long time and is like, well, this is not going to work or, or, or I'm just not going to do it. Um, I think you have to uh, kind of uh, ask the doctor, be the leader and just be firm with the direction that you want your practice to go in. Because um, it's your practice and you took all the risks, you borrowed all the money, if you borrowed money. And so you have to do that and you have to include everybody so everybody feels included. Um, you have to praise everybody so that they feel praised. You have to let them know that it will be a step-by-step process and everything is not you know, implemented in a day, Rome was not in a day built. So uh, a lot of times I find it, if you just include the team members, you give them clear instructions and clear checklists you know an office manual. A lot of times they're on board because they understand the expectations. Um, it is a rarity, I think, for people to not want to participate altogether. But in the case that someone is just very resistant and they're not on board, then you have to really make a decision of that, um, that team member um, is a good team member for the rest of your team. Because of course that's, you know, that affects the entire team as a whole. So I think that uh, if you're working with the team members, you can bring everybody on board. But if you really have someone that just is, is extremely resistant and are not gonna change, you'll have to really come to terms with that and decide if that's someone that you wanna keep uh, on your team. I'd like to thank um, Echo Marketing once again for allowing uh, me to have this platform and for sponsoring this episode. And if you are listening to this episode or if you're on tonight, um, Echo Marketing has a wonderful program called Grow My Reviews. It's one of my favorite products that they have. Um, I am alarmed when I just kind of research and see how many bad reviews that doctors receive. And, um, you know, that has to be taken with a grain of salt because we do know that people can kind of base their opinion and put anything. But um, if you're looking at a good mix of reviews, there will be good reviews, and then there might be a bad review because that's just human nature. But sometimes when I'm doing my research, I see some doctors that have lots and lots of uh, poor reviews. Um, And there are ways to improve that. Uh, Grow My Reviews, like I said, is one of my favorite products because if you're giving great experiences to patients, and patients are acknowledging you for that and you're very thankful, you simply ask them to share that, with, uh, share that review if they wouldn't mind. But they get a text on their phone and they're able to add it while they're sitting in the seat. Because when people go home, a lot of times they have well intentions to do that, but life just takes over and they don't get a chance. So this is a really, really neat app um, that you can have for your office. Uh, there again the patient says doctor you're the best in the world you didn't hurt me he said well thank you I appreciate that would you mind sharing it and they get a text immediately on their phone and that just helps to grow the review process so that is in the chat box for grow my reviews Um, they do have a promotional period if you're listening to this podcast you will get a trial period I believe it's a dollar for 14 days that's pretty good it's actually excellent So I believe that's what it is. But check them out. Um, Thank you again, Echo Marketing. And once again, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, Our next water cooler will be uh, August the 21st at 8 p.m. And we will be discussing why we run behind and all the ways to become the on-time team and to never run behind again. So um, that's another one of my things is running on time. So again, that's August 21st, the third Wednesday uh, in August at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I am also really excited to announce a new program that I am rolling out. Um, uh, It's called the Efficient Practice uh, Bootcamp and it will be a six to eight week intensive training for uh, dentists and dental practice owners. It's kind of like cramming a year of one-on-one consulting into uh, uh, six to eight weeks. It is results-driven, meaning we're going to help you to develop uh, time off, a cohesive team, know your numbers, and all those things that we want to do as dentists. So I'm really excited about that. If you would like more information, please email me at info at Dr. Evelyn Teague, Samuel.com. That's info at Dr. Evelyn, T-E-A-G-U-E, Samuel.com for more information. And so this concludes another episode of the Fish and Practice Dental Water Cooler. I will see you next time. And until then, take care and be well.